Welcome to the Parent Toolbox Podcast. I am Dr. Jill Franks from the Inventive Minds Child, Youth, and Family Center. We are a not-for-profit organization helping families with day-to-day parenting ups and downs from expectancy to teen. Rose, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about anxiety and back to school and child care. If you can tell me a little bit more about yourself and Inventive Minds, that would be amazing. Thank you, Nicole. My name is Rose. I'm actually the founder of Inventive Minds. Inventive Minds is a not-for-profit organization where we support families before birth all the way to teen and adolescence. Our goal is to help and support families by providing them parenting courses, parenting counselors, parenting groups, and we also have childcare department and we have our elementary school. Being a parent myself, I'm dealing with back-to-school anxiety, which I know sometimes the kids could pick up. What you're feeling, Nicole, is a very valid emotion. Even us as educators and professionals in the field, we initially all felt the same way. And through my encounters with families, I felt that there was a need to help parents give them the tools and the techniques they need to learn how to self-regulate and to know what they should be expecting when they're starting the school with their children. Um, Nicole, normally at this time of the year, it's always been an emotional time for all of us. It doesn't matter if it was COVID or there was no COVID because after summer holidays, it was our first time maybe sending our children to JK or it was our first time deciding to send our children to childcare. And there was always that thrilled feeling of excitement and a feeling of a little bit of a nervousness before starting the school. So it's really the same feeling with a little bit of a more overwhelming feeling at this time for some parents because of the COVID situation that is happening right now around the world. We have that added layer, like you said, of the COVID anxiety. You know, everybody's definition of anxiety is different. What anxiety really means to you? Let's do a little bit of a reflection game here, Nicole. Okay. Let's say in January, you were told that coming March, you will be staying at home, locked in with your kids. You have to babysit, homeschool, work from home, deal with the whole COVID. How would have that made you feel in January, knowing this would have happened to you in March? <laughs> I, I think I might have a breakdown. But what happened to you? You became resilient about it. Really, women and moms in general, I think that we have so much going our way. Just deal with it. You just go with it and you're just able to do it. But if you told me yesterday that was going to happen today, I don't know how I would feel. And anxiety is actually triggered by a form of a stress. And everybody shows anxiety in different formats. Some of us show it in a physical concept. Some of it are behavior and some of it are actually cognitive mental processing that are taking place. In some people, anxiety can come in the format of tummy ache, feeling nauseated, twists and turns in their stomach, gasping for air, high blood pressure. That's some of the ways that react to an anxiety. And then there comes the behavior aspect of it. With the behavior aspect of it, you'll see more of feeling overwhelmed, 
feeling the meltdown. And also another aspect of it is that cognitive component that we discussed, that we really become fixated and we think and we overprocess. So those are all some of the triggers that can cause an anxiety. For sure. How can parents make themselves more resilient and dealing with their emotions? It's all about learning how to self-regulate. What does self-regulate mean to you, Nicole? For me, it's all about really learning how to control my emotions and go back to my center. Okay. So it's all about finding meaning, looking at all the why. There's a five process for self-regulation. One is learning to reframe our behavior, recognizing the stressor, reducing the stress, reflecting, basically a cognitive processing, and then responding, coming up with developing strategies of how to reduce the stress that we're feeling. Okay, so I'm actually going to practice this with you. I want you to say these things out loud with me. And anybody who's with me today, Kelly, Alexandra, Diana, everyone, that's some of the names I cannot say on the screen as well. And I do apologize for that. I want you to actually do this for a minute because it's really fun. Close your eyes. Okay. Say, remember that thoughts are not facts. I want you to take a deep breath. And then I want you to count backwards. So we're going to count five, four, three, two. How does your brain feel, Nicole? I actually, it lowered my stress level. So now that you unplugged your brain, you're going to allow your brain to rewire. How do we rewire our brain? Everybody deals with an anxiety different. You could be dealing with anxiety through listening to music, meditation, having a herbal tea, going for a walk. And journaling. Journaling is, is a big thing for me and being staying in a state of gratitude. Perfect. So what grounds me might be very different than what grounds someone else or another parent. But we all go through the same feelings. So this is another thing, reminding ourselves that this feeling that we're feeling at the moment will pass. It will all pass. Be reassured of that. Now I want you to take another deep breath. And we're counting five, four, three, two, one. When you do this practice, you have your emotional bucket and you have your logical bucket. Your, this is giving you an opportunity to make wise decision that fits your family. What decision fit your family, your heart bubble, might be very diversely different than others. So everybody has their own decisions, right? So you have your emotional bucket, you have your logical bucket. Now you start filling this bucket of information because now you unplugged and you plugged back. Right. So you're going to put in your emotional buckets. What are your pros? What are your cons? It's one of the best ways is get advice from professionals in the field to be able to fill up your bucket. That really will give you a chance to really reevaluate and make a more wise decision as a family or as a parent. And not just related to going back to school or dealing with an anxiety, dealing with anything that comes in parenting or in life. An anxiety doesn't need to be necessarily going back to school. An anxiety could be your child is giving you a temper tantrum, your child's not going to sleep, you're feeling overwhelmed. Those are things that we always feel as parents. And then reminding yourself that of all the wise decisions that you have made in the past, you have made the best decisions. 
remember that. And having that self-check, saying it out loud. So those are some of the techniques that I really recommend for families to always take when it comes to any parenting. And I think that there's always going to be different things that are going to come up. Besides COVID, there's going to be these parenting stressors. So you need to be able to have the, that coping strategies in your back pocket so that you could pull out to, to always use. So thank you for sharing that. Um, what are some of the signs and indicators that a child is showing anxiety and maybe ways that we can help them? How a child shows anxiety really varies to the age group that they are, whether they are an infant or a toddler or a preschooler or early adolescents. But some of the normal routines that you see changes in our children that shows an anxiety, they are going to feel sometimes nauseated. Sometimes they're going to feel that tummy cycling. The parent might even feel, oh, my child has a stomach virus, but it could be their anxiety, which is very normal. Your child may become more clingy to you, even if you want to go to the washroom, they want to join you. You're just not going to feel like you have a moment to yourself. Actually, you have to go hide in a closet. Um, you're going to see definitely change of sleep patterns. In some age group, you're going to start seeing nightmares and night terrors. Sometimes you're going to see overeating. Sometimes you're going to see they're becoming more picky. I've even seen children clinging their teeth sometimes. And those are all part of the ways that they're showing their anxieties. If your child is exceptional, meaning if they have ADD or ADHD, you or your family is going through transition already, there might be the chance that you're going to see some of these anxieties showing a little bit more. I've even seen children clinging their teeth sometimes. And those are all part of the ways that they're showing their anxieties. And with children that are special needs, that are in autism spectrums, you're going to see all those behaviors as well. If you're feeling more overwhelmed, it's really important to seek a professional and they can put some techniques for you. In three, four sessions, you're able to master all your skills as a parent to find that Zoom place that you need as a parent. We forget that the kids, they are much like adults and that they are a lot like us. One of the most important things that you, that you really pointed out is that, you know, when we overeat or we grab those bag of chips, when we're having anxiety, our kids are going to do the same thing. Or maybe they're not going to want to eat when they're feeling nervous, just like we do. Can you just go over some of the, the regulations that are happening for children going back to school? I know as an owner of a school, you've had to deal with a lot of these regulations yourself. What are some of these regulations that are in place and that can make parents feel a little bit more comfortable? So before going there, what I wanted to talk about is what we need to do as parents at home before getting our children ready going to school. Um, so what are the techniques we need to build to make them self-resilient, to teach them how to reduce an anxiety before going to school, and then talking about what you should be expecting in the school system. Because I always say we are a village. It's something we're doing together as a team. The home and the school needs to collaborate together. You have to have a very close communication with your school and you need to be able to, to express your feelings so they can help navigate your feelings because there's a lot of support systems that are provided from Ministry of Education. We first have to shift it back into the home. One of the things that I always recommend for parents is building a routine in your home. You'll want to have a structured time in your home. What time is the sleep time, the wake up time, what time is the lunch time. And then what you really want to encourage in your home also is giving them tasks to complete. 
also giving them that environment where they are to go in their room. You can start with five minutes, then you can take it to 10, 15, half an hour to an hour, but giving them that time in their own space to learn how to self-regulate. And you have to find out what are the cues that they need to self-regulate. Is it that they are more regulated when they're listening to the music, when they're painting, when they're coloring, when they're writing their own song, doing their own sports? You have to show them a path for them to create their own path. Right. I do meditations with my kids at night. There's kids meditations on the Insight Timer app. There's storybooks that they read to them. There's songs that's helped my daughter. But you know, there's the times where, and I'm sure all the parents are dealing with this too, where the kids just have tantrums. If they're not on a routine or they're not going to sleep on time. You know, one of the things is to get these kids back in the routine before school starts. How do you think parents should deal with that as far as routine and as far as like getting their kids to control their emotions? You know what, Nicole, again, goes back to have realistic expectations of yourself. So if this has not been something that you have not practiced for the past six months, you're not going to be able to master it in the next three years. Putting that expectation in yourself right now would be a very unrealistic expectation. But what you can start by little routine changes and giving yourself that time, it may take a week, two weeks, a month, that's fine. As long as you start taking one routine at a time and change that one routine, you've done it. So those are things we can look at at a different time and we can even do a seminar if or a Zoom if needed to help parents come up with routines of how to create a balance in the home with their children and how to build routines step by step. And I'm sure a lot of the parents would agree there. And I think that that's such an important topic. You know, going back to regulations and the children going back to school, what are some of the regulations that have been put in place to make us feel a little bit more comfortable? And do you know if it differs between public and private school? The CCEYA Act, which is under the Child Care Act for early years, we are the second best in the world. Wow. The first, I believe, is Australia, and we are second. So our legislations, especially in Ontario, and our policies and procedures are extremely detailed. We should feel confident, and we should feel very proud. So when you read the legislation, and when I initially read it, it's very detailed. doesn't matter if you're private. doesn't matter if you're public. If you follow line by line, there is no risk factor. That I can reassure. As long as the public health requirement is put in place line by line. Some of the questions you want to ask, what are the safety protocols you have in place for your school? Are we allowed inside the school? How much are you keeping in your bubble? How is the distancing measured in your classroom? Is my child going to be interacting with another room? Is my child going to be interacting with another room teacher? Are your teachers meeting each other? Are those being separated? And another thing is when you ask for booking tours, you want to make sure that they're booking the tours after hours. Right. If there is a common area and if what kind of a screening they have. If they have social workers, practical nurses in the school, what are they doing for the social emotional health of the children, the staff, and you? Is there some form of therapy programs put in? Just like what they're doing to make sure 
your child is feeling safe, you're feeling safe. Because really, when a child can thrive when it comes to their intellectual learning or their emotional learning, it's about feeling comfort, feeling safe in their environment. And that's the first thing we look at. Is my child going to be safe? Is the person who's taking care of my child, it's going to protect my child. Right. Right. And how do you feel about public schools or allowing some of the parents to go into the school if needed? Do you think that that's okay as long as they're wearing a mask? As an educator, reading the Manual of Public Health, if a PPE kit outfit is worn, if the shoes are covered, if the mask is done, if the screen is done, and everybody's being conscious about it, it really depends per school what they want to do. And that's another wonderful thing with Minister of Education. It gives each municipality and it gives each school principal to come up with their own safety measures. At Inventive Minds, that's not what we're doing. Right. Keeping my low limit of 15, even though my license capacity of a room might be 24, I'm still keeping at 15. Parents are not going to be allowed in the school. There's a common area to meet. So it really depends for that individual place that you're actually going. I think everybody's putting in the measures that they feel to keep everybody safe. And I think it's all about asking the right questions that you feel comfortable for what's good for you and your family. But I know that you're going above and beyond with the safety measures that you've put in place as inventive minds. So um, if anybody chooses to send their kids there, has their kids there, they're in good hands. I'm just really, my take home message is that we got this, we're gonna do this, we did it the past six months, we're gonna do it now, and um, you're gonna make the best decision for your family. And remember, your decision is what's important. Thank you so much for all your wisdom. I really learned a lot, and I hope that all of you have. So right now, we're gonna be taking any questions that you may have. I just had a quick question. I missed the beginning. Uh, was there a website you said to go to? For the Ministry of Education, you can look under Child Cares Near Me, which will show you licensed child cares, and then you can look at their ranking, and then you can contact them, and then they can find what best suits your family, and then you can conduct the questionnaires. I can't thank you enough for doing this today. I know that anxiety has been weighing on all of us and you really calm me down about going back to school and everything else and like you said parents you know that you're doing everything you can to keep your child safe and so is the school that you're sending your kids to if you don't feel comfortable then just ask the questions and just go with your gut and thank you again if you have any other questions private message rose at inventive minds on instagram and facebook as well and we'd be happy to get back to you and help you with anything that you are going through. Thanks for joining us for this podcast. Listen to other parent podcasts at inventivekids.com events or find us on Spotify and Facebook. Mm-hmm.